Hey, welcome everybody. It is Sunday Night Live, four o'clock if you're on the west coast of the United States, seven o'clock on the east coast, and whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world, we want to welcome you. And now listen, before we get going, we're going to be back in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 12 in just a second. But I want to make this announcement. On Sunday, March 7, at four o'clock, this show, we're going to be with a live audience at the 412 Church in San Jacinto, and that's a special guest, some of the big heavy hitters in the prophecy world. Dr. Ed Heinsen is going to be visiting us, coming up from the west, from the east coast to visit us. Dr. Ed Heinsen and also Don Stewart. Don Stewart coming back. It's going to be fantastic having him back live and in person. Ed Heinsen, we're going to have this mini prophecy conference starting at four o'clock and myself. Listen, you do not need a ticket, but you, but uh, we would love to see you here if you're in Southern California to be in person, to be able to worship the Lord together and to be able to have this conference. Listen, it's going to be off the charts. I can't wait to see you guys, all of you who can make it. And of course, if you can't be here, you're somewhere else in the world, it will still be live on this YouTube channel, also on Facebook and on Rumble. And uh, so let's get going. We are in, as I mentioned, the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 12. We're looking at the time of the end. Chapter 12 is an unbelievable chapter, one of the most exciting chapters in all of Bible prophecy. Uh, and so it's going to be, a, it's going to take us a few weeks to cover it. But with that, as I look at things that are taking place in the world, there's many people that seem to think we are at the end of the world. Listen, this isn't the end of the world. However, it does appear that we are entering into the end of the world as we know it. And Daniel chapter 12 gives us some insight as to what that looks like. But let's just consider some of the things that are taking place right now that have some people here in the United States of America a little bit alarmed. Uh, Sophia Bush, apparently she's a, an actress. I don't know who she is, um, but uh, she's talked about here because she advocates for labeling Republicans as terrorists. Apparently, um, I, you know, like I said, I don't know who these actresses and actors are. Maybe they're not getting enough attention, so they want to do this type of thing, but she's calling for labeling Republicans as terrorists. We've heard about that talk coming out of the new administration, and you're going, okay, where is all of this going? We saw a little bit of that last time. I have a lot more to say about that in the future, but with that, check this out. Liberals at the New York Times and Harvard are now calling for for creation of Ministry of Truth by the Biden administration to control what people say and what people think. When I hear of the Ministry of Truth, my mind automatically goes to George Orwell's 1984. Uh, the Ministry of, Pers uh, of, of Peace, coming from that, that work. The Ministry of Peace concerns itself with war. The Ministry of Truth concerns itself with lies. The ministry of love with torture, the ministry of plenty with starvation. These contradictions are not accidental, nor do they result from ordinary hypocrisy. They are deliberate exercises in double think. In other words, uh, we tell people it's the ministry of truth when actually we're just full of all types of lies. And you label anybody who doesn't agree with the narrative, you label them as the liar. Hence, double think, double talk is this type of thing. 
George Orwell warned about it almost 100 years ago, and we are having conversations like this in the United States of America uh, coming from uh, even places within the administration. Now, this is concerning. Biden administration put together a cross agency task force to tackle disinformation and domestic extremism, which would be led by something like a reality czar. This is all in the lines of this so-called ministry of truth. And then uh, this, this example is given regarding here's where the problem is. With COVID-19 misinformation as being one of the problems and misinformation about election fraud. In other words, if you're someone who says there's been election fraud or you can't trust all these statistics on COVID-19, you look at the real facts and you say, don't trust what we're being told, everybody is dying, all of a sudden you're a problem. You need to be conformed in, by this ministry of truth that's going to control you. How dare you say such things? And then this says, uh, the, the task force could also meet regularly with tech platforms and push structural changes that could help those companies tackle their own extremism and misinformation problems. For example, it could formulate safe harbor exemptions that would allow platforms to share data about QAnon and other conspiracy theory communities with researchers and government agencies without running afoul of privacy laws. So, I mean, you look at this and you go, Okay, who's going to determine who, who has stepped out of bounds of this ministry of truth? And you start looking at this and it's not going to run foul of privacy laws. In other words, they'll be able to tell us we still have freedom of speech when in fact you do not. Hence, as George Orwell warned, ministry of truth is really about lies. And folks, they're telling us what they want to do. So you look at all of this, but the Bible warned us of these things. And then you look at this also coming from the Biden administration. I'm sure you already heard about it. It's been ordered that the LGBTQ flag, the rainbow flag, would be flown at all embassies, all United States embassies. You look at this and you go, this looks to me like this is in the face of God. And uh, Psalm chapter 2, when the world is saying we will not uh, have God's... Uh, his, his restraints on us. We are going to break free from God. We're going to do things our way. The world's shaking their fist at God. And literally think about that. The rainbow flag flown at all U.S. embassies throughout the world. What are we doing? What is, what is really going on? God warns us about what's coming in the last days. And we can see humanism making its way to the top. We can see this global system forming and we can read what the Bible has to tell us about the direction that things are going to go. Folks, we are living in the last days and we need to be ready. And Daniel chapter 12 gives us some really good understanding about how things are going to go down so that right now we can be strengthened. By the way, before we go on into Daniel chapter 12, again, we're only going to look at a few verses tonight. Later on in Daniel chapter 12, the Bible tells us that in those days, that be the last days, the wicked will continue in their wickedness, but the wise will understand. In other words, the wicked are going to look at the events that are going on in the world. They're going to know something that is going wrong, but they're only going to proceed and strengthen in their wickedness. Hence, 
We have the LGBT flags being flown at all of the U.S. embassies throughout the world. Instead of backing off saying, man, we might have problems. No, we're going to really put it in God's face. That is happening right now. But then, as Daniel says, not tonight, but later on, the wise will see it and the wise will understand. In other words, those who are reading Bible, uh, the Bible and Bible prophecy are going to look at it. They're going to have the aha moments and go, man, we are close and you better be ready. Look up because your redemption draws near. Okay, with that, think of Daniel chapter uh, 12 or thinking of the book of Daniel. Uh, Daniel uh, gives us various details about the seven-year tribulation period, uh, the character of Antichrist. Uh, he lets us know that he makes all kinds of wars. Uh, he also lets us know that he, uh, he initiates, or excuse me, he doesn't initiate, he confirms the so-called peace initiative for the Mideast. Uh, but we shift gears from that, and in Daniel chapter 12, uh, Daniel takes a step back, and we get some insight. The curtain is pulled back. And we're introduced to Michael the Archangel, and he gives us a perspective of what is coming during the tribulation period. So let's get started, started on this. Daniel chapter 12, beginning in uh, verse 1. Again, just a few verses I want to read. Uh, Daniel says this, Daniel chapter, uh, chapter 12. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never has been since there was a nation even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, every one of them who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Uh, just these few verses alone are absolutely loaded, not to mention the rest of Daniel chapter 12. But consider the first thing we have here, uh, we get the bad news. Uh, things haven't looked good for Israel since the time of Babylon. In 586 BC, the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem and took a lot of captives, and Israel has not been the same since. In fact, you can go further back than that. You can go back to uh, the time of the Assyrian invasion in Israel. Uh, so you go all the way back in the history of the Jews, uh, they've had a rough beginning. Uh, you go back to Egypt. And you go from there. You start looking at all the different events that have taken place in the history of the Israelites. And then you just fast forward through history and you look at that. So anyways, you have the Babylonian captivity. Um, after the Babylonian captivity, many of the Jews returned to the land of Israel. Not all of them, but many did, and even to Jerusalem. Uh, but under the Greek and Roman empires, they only suffered. And then they were permanently dispersed. I say permanently until 1948. It was in 1948 that uh, David Ben-Gurion announced that Israel was born again, the nation of Israel being born again, physically, by the way, not spiritually, but being born again. Fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 66, verse 8, where 
The prophet asked, can a nation be born in a day? And Israel was being born in a day. That's what that was in a reference to. And also as Ezekiel prophesied in Ezekiel chapter 37, that the dry bones of God's people would come back to life and they would be brought back into the land just as has happened. And that prophecy is for the last days. So if this began in 1948 and we look at where we are today, you see all of the things are taking place. And you can tell if you study the Bible, the wise will understand. If you understand Bible prophecy, if you read it, you're going to get it. You're going to go, we really are racing toward that time. The things that are taking place, they are global. Israel is back in the land. We see Russia threatening Israel. In fact, since the Biden administration has come, we've seen, the, seen all of the threats go back to where they were back in the days of Obama. And you start to look at everything, the tech giants, the controlling speech, making sure everybody's going along with the narrative. We're hearing about talking uh, or buying or selling. You can't buy buy or sell unless you receive the vaccine. Listen, eventually that's going to develop into you can't buy or sell unless you receive the mark of the beast. All of these things are taking place right now, racing toward that time of fulfillment. So you look at this, you look at the nation of Israel being back, gathered back together again. That is a last day's prophecy. And as we pick up here in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, what do we notice? We notice a particular time. Uh, the particular time that is spoken of here is after Israel is back in the land. Verse 1 states, at that time, Michael shall stand up. At that time is a reference to what? At that time is a reference to the end times vision as a whole. So at that time, Michael shall stand up. And the particular time that is spoken of requires that Israel is back in the land in order for these events, the prophetic events that are in the Bible to unfold. The events of Daniel chapter 12 and all of the last day's events. Israel has to be back in the land. Here's the scoop. Israel is God's time clock for the unfolding of end time events. And the very fact that so many are opposed to Israel and that so many churches say we need to forget about Israel and the prophecy, uh, the prophecy student who believes this stuff is foolish. The very opposition to Israel is the major evidence that we are right on the edge of these last days events being fulfilled that Jesus is coming. In fact, you got to think of it like this too. I mean, you, this must uh, listen, consider, just consider these thoughts or just this one thing alone. You look at all the things that are going on in this world and there are less people studying Bible prophecy right now that used to go to church than there were before. You would think that right now people would, man, they'd be picking up their Bible. Let me figure out what's going on. There will be people who are doing that more and more, but it doesn't appear it's so much church people. We're going to get to that maybe uh, next Sunday's message because that also applies to Daniel chapter 12 where people are, are going to, uh, to and fro and their knowledge is increasing. We'll get there next week. Um, but I look at this as just something really to consider. It should make you think. 
We live in interesting days. And Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3 that scoffers would come in the last days saying, where's the promise of His coming? Our fathers used to tell us Jesus was coming. This is just foolishness. In other words, the implication is these are people who used to go to church and used to hear Jesus is coming. And they're going to look at things that are going on. Eh, we're not going to, we don't, we don't believe that stuff anymore. And yet, when you read the Bible, you look what's taking place. I praise God for those people that are saying, what in the world is going on? They want to know the truth. And a lot of them have never even been to church before. And they're interested because they know something's wrong. And guess what? You have the Bible, you got the answers, and that's what this is about. So we have, A, we have a particular time. B, we have a particular prince. Again, verse 1 says this, at that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble. Uh, so Michael will stand up. Who is Michael? Uh, Michael is an archangel. Jude verse 9 says, uh, Michael the archangel contended with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses. David Guzik notes that Michael is both Satan's true opposite and the most powerful angel in heaven. So with that, uh, in fact, let me think about this. Some have wrongly said that Jesus is, or Satan is the opposite of Jesus. That is not the case. Uh, Satan, listen, Jesus is not a created being. Jesus is creator. By him, all things were created and all things hold together. Satan is an angel. Satan is a created being. In fact, he is known as Lucifer, the angel of darkness. Satan is the opposite of Michael the archangel. We also know about Michael that he is a, a great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, that be the people of Israel, that be the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. Listen, Michael is powerful, again, the most powerful angel in heaven, and he's watching over, according to this, Daniel chapter 12, he's the one who watches over the nation of Israel. Now think back if you're with us in Daniel chapter 10. We learned about angels, and we learned about demons when we were in, in a, a Daniel chapter chapter 10. And we also learn this in Daniel chapter 10 about the influence from the prince of Persia. Uh, Persia is known as Iran today. But uh, it, we, we find out that angels have their territories that they oversee. And there's this demonic being overseeing the nation of Persia or Iran. And here, as you have this Prince of Persia over Iran. Here we find out from Daniel chapter 12, you have Michael the archangel who is the guardian over Israel. It's really fascinating. You wonder what's happened to the United States and what's happened to Europe and other areas. Who's watching over those countries? Apparently not Michael the archangel because man, we got some serious problems going on here. But all, but you look at this with Israel. There's all types of hatred that is going on uh, with Israel in Daniel chapter 12. And we see hatred that's going on towards Israel 
today that all can be described as, as demonic. Listen, we are in a spiritual battle. Let me say this, when you look at the attacks against Israel, and you notice how these things all of a sudden, uh, we've gone back to where we were when the Obama administration was here. There's threats coming from Iran. In fact, let me read these for just a second. Uh, this is happening here in the United States of America, anti-Semitism. Johns Hopkins University Muslim is teaching assistant, uh, teaching assistant admits to lowering Zionist students' grades. Anti-Semitism, Johns Hopkins University, lowering the Zionist grades. And then you look at various things that are going on. So that's here in the United States with Jews. Then you look at various things that are going on with Israel. As I mentioned, all of a sudden with Biden administration, we're back to where we were with Obama administration. Listen to this. Iran deepens breach of nuclear deal at underground enrichment site. Iran's breaking all of the rules. There's great fear that Iran is going to have a weapon. Uh, could happen any time now, as one of the, as Biden's administrator Blinken had said, uh, with Iran. They could have this, this crazy weapon. You start looking at this, they're nuclear weapons and what they are developing. No wonder why Israel is afraid. And then there's this, more attacks against Israel. Biden refuses to condemn the BDS movement, the boycott, divest, and sanction movement. Now, the verbally, outwardly, the Biden administration has said we are all for Israel, but yet they refuse to condemn the BDS movement. And then you look at the administration, you look at how many anti-Israel people there, anti-Semitic people there. We start looking at Congress, and you realize, wow, what is going on in the United States Congress with these things? And then there's this report coming out of Israel. Biden refuses to speak with Netanyahu. So what's really going on? In fact, listen to this. This actually says this, that uh, the new administration uh, inaugurated U.S. Um, let me see where I'm going here. Biden, here it is. Biden has called the leaders of Canada, Mexico, the U.K., France, Germany, NATO, Russia, and Japan, but not Israel's Netanyahu, this says. In fact, the article even says that there's an attempt to call the Biden administration a Biden from Israel, but that call was rebuffed. Uh, people are saying that didn't really happen, but I don't know. You look at all of this and you think, okay, what's really going on? Listen, folks, it is a spiritual battle. We are in a spiritual battle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against these principalities in the, and hosts in the dark places. And so that's what's going on here in Daniel chapter 12. We see Michael the archangel, the good angel, and then there's other demonic forces that are against uh, all that is good and all that is right. When it comes to the nation of Israel, here's what Satan knows. Jesus himself said, uh, he said on that day to the religious uh, rulers, Matthew chapter 23, while he's talking to him on that day, he said this, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus, according to the Bible, he's going to come back the second time. And when he comes back, he's going to cast the false prophet and the Antichrist into the lake of fire. And he's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem. And we're going to enter into the millennial kingdom and he will be worshiped. We're going to get there to the Jewish situation in just a minute. And the good things that are going to be coming in the future. We'll be there in just a minute. But in that, he said, you will not see me again until you say, Say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's a prophecy, and that is what Jesus is saying is going to happen. The Old Testament prophesied it. The New Testament prophesied it. And this is what Satan knows, that 
if he can kill all the Jewish people, anti-Semitism, if he can remove the Jewish people from the land of Israel, then the Messiah, Yeshua, can't come back and rule and reign, and he can prove that he is stronger than God by eliminating the Jewish people. He can prove that God is a liar. He can prove that Jesus is a liar, because Jesus essentially is saying, you will say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord to me when I return. Satan wants to stop that. He doesn't want to have a place where Jesus can, uh, people where Jesus can return to, and he doesn't want them to be in the land of Israel, because Jesus says, I am coming back, and this is where I'm going to rule and reign. That's why we have this spiritual battle. It's Satan's final attempt to keep himself from being cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever for judgment to come to him. Hence, his aggression towards the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. So we have A, a particular time, B, a particular place, C, a particular trouble. Look at this verse 1, a little bit more of it. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. This refers to the greatest time of persecution for Israel and the greatest time of world calamity. It's referring to the second half of the tribulation period. Jesus spoke of this in Matthew chapter 24. He said, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no nor ever shall be. Um, by the way, uh, there has not been uh, ever in the world until this time, nor ever shall be. Listen, I want you to think of this. You might think, well, wait a minute. The flood eliminated um, pretty much the whole planet except for Noah and his family. Everybody else was, limit, uh, was eliminated. Yet the tribulation period is only going to eliminate half the population of the earth, uh, actually more than that, but half at the halfway point are already going to be eliminated from planet earth. So wait a minute, the tribulation period isn't as bad as it was in the days of Noah. Listen, in a very real sense, it's going to be worse. More people are going to be killed in it. Um, plus something else that's going to happen during the tribulation period, the flood of Noah was 40 days and 40 nights. The tribulation period is seven years. The great tribulation period itself is three and a half years. Years. And it's far more painful, far more destructive. It's going to be an absolutely horrific time where the flood came. That was it. It was just a flood. Uh, the, everything drowned, everyone drowned, and, and it was over. Uh, the tribulations, or the great tribulation is not going to be that at all. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7 uh, says, For that day is great, so that none is like it, and it is the time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, listen, the Jewish people have known many a time of trouble through their history, from the horrors of the fall of Samaria and Jerusalem to the terrors wrought by Antiochus, Epiphanes to the destruction that was brought by Rome through the persecution of the Dark Ages to the 20th century Holocaust. Israel has lived its existence through a time of trouble. But this time of trouble that's coming, the time, again, uh, Jeremiah chapter 30, the time of Jacob's trouble that's coming, the second half of the tribulation, the, the great tribulation as Jesus calls it, that is what Daniel is writing here about here. And there's never been a time like this before. It isn't going to be just more of the same persecution. It is going to be unbelievably wicked. 
end, not just uh, with the persecution that's going to take place, the tribulation itself. There's going to be all kinds of natural catastrophes that are happening, but they're going to be the wrath of God. So it won't be just more of the same, uh, more of the same hurricanes. We won't just be hearing reports, well, that was a really big hurricane year, or that was a really big this, or that was a really big that, worst fire season ever. No, what's coming is going to be far, far, far exceeding those things. It won't be the same old hurricanes, same earthquakes, same droughts, same war, same pestilences, same persecutions. This time of trouble that is coming during this great tribulation will be different. This time will be worse than anything ever imagined before. And I'll tell you this much, it seems like we are very, very close to all of this developing. We are given the signs. The Bible tells us to, uh, what to look for. Listen, signs are not given to us to freak us out. They are given to us so that we can know, so that we can pull back the curtain, so we can look and go, I understand the days that I live in. Again, later on in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, the wise will see it and the wise will understand. The signs point to something. The signs point to Jesus coming for his people. So listen, and as Jesus himself said, when you see these things begin to take place, what do you do? You know this, look up for your redemption draws near. So we have some bad news, but number two, we also have good news. So this is good, right? Look at this again. Um, at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book, the end of Dan, uh, chapter 12, verse 1 says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Uh, so we have some good news. What do we have here? First of all, there's A, it's the promise of deliverance for the Jews. Despite uh, the terrors of that time, the deliverance is assured. No matter how great the attack is, against the Jewish people, God has promised to preserve them. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, this time that comes upon the world is illustrated by the prophets and also uh, Paul the Apostle and Jesus himself likened these times to labor pains upon a pregnant woman. In other words, they're going to increase in frequency and in intensity as we see the day approaching. Folks, we are watching all of these things increase in frequency and in, and, in, in um, intensity. Think of, uh, I mean, you can think of many things like the wars and rumors of wars increasing in frequency and intensity. What's going on over in Israel right now? So many different things. And then you look at another one of the signs: lawlessness will abound. Oh, that's getting big. Nation against nation. That literally means people group against people group. Comes from the Greek word ethnos. We get our English word ethnic. People group against people group, in, increasing frequency intensely like birth pangs, lawlessness abounding, just like that. Um, we have pestilences, uh, the, the love of many growing cold. Oh man, talk about it. They claim that you're a hater if you say Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. Or, listen, this is where true love is. But you're accused of it. The love of many is growing cold. But I find this a little bit of humor here, though, at the same time. Uh, speaking of birth pangs, David Jeremiah notes, when his wife was going to have their last baby, 
He said it was pain for him. He writes in his book on Daniel, he says this, as my wife was being taken into the delivery room, the doctor asked the nurse, is she ready? The nurse answered, no, she's not ready, but I don't think her husband can last much longer. I, I get that. I think that's what this would describe where a lot of us might be right now, where we're thinking, Lord, you got to come. I mean, isn't this baby about ready to be born? The birth pangs, and the husbands, we can't wait much longer, Lord. You've got to come. You've got to get us out of here. Despite the terrors of that time, deliverance is assured. No matter how great the attack is against the Jewish people, God has promised to preserve them. Yet, this promise is not for everyone who is Jewish. Uh, I, I know some people, uh, some prophecy teachers, that teach that all of the Jews are going to be delivered. But that is, listen, that is not what the Bible says. Th let me give you what the Bible actually says about this to help us understand. Uh, just as all Gentiles aren't going to be saved, all Jews are also not going to be saved. Zechariah chapter 13 verse 18 says, It shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die, but one-third shall be left in it. That's talking about the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. And then... It continues, I will bring the one-third through the fire, uh, the one-third who live. I'll bring them through the fire, and I will refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. And then, God doesn't stop there with this one-third. They're going to call on my name, and I will answer them. <clears throat> He continues and says, I will say this is my people, and each one will say, the Lord is my God. This is awesome. This is what Jesus is, was referring to when he says, you will not see me again, again, Matthew 23, until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So they're going to call out to him. But, but, but this is puzzling to some Christians. Here's why. Romans chapter 11, verse 26 says this, All Israel will be saved. Well, what does this mean? Because they'll say, well, wait a minute, all Jews are going to be saved. Again, that is not what the Bible teaches. Where even where it says all Israel will be saved. So what does this mean? And since Zechariah says that two-thirds will be cut off, uh, one-third are going to be saved, what does it mean? Okay, think of this. Romans chapter 9, verse 6 says, For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children, because they are the seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham being Jewish. They're not all God's children because they're the seed of Abraham. So God answers it right there. In fact, um, it is not about being a child of God by the flesh, but being a believer in the promise. That's what Romans chapter 9, verse 6 goes on to say uh, right after that. In verse 6 and 7 and 8, you can read about it and see. You go, aha, I get it. Here's the deal. God doesn't save nations. God saves individuals. And according to Zechariah, one-third of the Jews will be delivered. They will be saved. They are the ones who in the last time believe in Yeshua as Messiah. You might push back at that and say, well, wait a minute, not so fast. Listen, think back to the days of um, 
Moses in the wilderness and the Israelites wandering in the wilderness. Were all of them followers of God? No. Look at how many of them got swallowed up in the rebellion when they rebelled against God and Moses, right? And then you look at the, the Assyrians when they came against uh, Israel in the north because Jeroboam had led them and the people followed Jeroboam away from God. They weren't followers of God. You look at the, a similar thing happening in the south with Judah and Jerusalem uh, when, the, when Israel had these wicked kings that came up, wicked prophets that came up, uh, bad people that were following them, and the Babylonians came. So you look at it and you go, wait a minute, not, so it starts to make a lot of sense, not all Israel will be saved. But in that, one third is delivered. That's what the Old Testament, the Jewish books tell us. Two thirds will not, one third is left and delivered, and they will believe in Yeshua. Uh, David Jeremiah writes, this one third that is left will go ultimately into the millennial kingdom and will rule and reign with Jesus. These are the ones who cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Also, Zechariah chapter 12, these are the ones who uh, look upon him whom they pierced and mourn for him as one mourns for their own son. They're going to recognize Jesus as Messiah. It is a promise of deliverance for Jews. It's a promise B of deliverance for all of God's people at the same time. So again, when you look at this, it's understanding the context, understanding what is going on here. Again, this says, um, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, and some to everlasting life. So this is, uh, it's not just for Jews, it's for anybody who becomes a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ can know they are forgiven. How do we know that? Because it's a promise in the New Testament that we find that is foretold also in the Old Testament. Um, listen, Jesus, I, I want you to understand this before we go further also. This is talking about salvation, but understand at the same time, we're going through, a lot of people are going through a lot of trials, a lot of anxiety, looking at everything, wondering where is God in all this. Remember these words just for life right now. In Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. That is for you for now. Be strong in the Lord. Hold on to that verse. That is a promise from the Lord living for now, but then here in Daniel there's the promise of resurrection, and uh, regardless one day we will all be home, all who trust in Christ as Savior, a permanent deliverance from all trials. So what have we had so far? We've had bad news, we've had some good news, you ready for this? We're going to get some really bad news, but wait, don't go away, because after this we're going to get some really good news also. So again in chapter 2 it says, our verse, uh, verse 2 of chapter 12, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. That is some really bad news. What is that? That's a promise of resurrection. However, this promise in verse 2 is not a promise of resurrection to joy and heaven and life. This is a promise of resurrection. Again, what does it say? To everlasting contempt. Uh, that doesn't sound pleasant, and indeed it is not. This is for all those who have rejected Christ as Messiah. Jesus said it this way, in John chapter 5, beginning in verse 28, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming. 
at that time. So where Jesus is saying this, do not marvel at this for the hour is coming at that time. That's exactly what Daniel is speaking of here. In which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. What does he say? And come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So this is exactly what Daniel is talking about here. The words of Jesus from, from John chapter 5. This is Daniel uh, from Daniel chapter 12. There's a resurrection to condemnation, a resurrection to eternal destruction. So we have a promise of erection, but in uh, of resurrection, but in this, it is a promise of destruction. B, listen, everyone, I want you to think of this. This is probably the most important takeaway out of everything in this message. Everyone will exist somewhere forever. Jesus will call forth, and out of the graves we will all stand before him. Those who know Christ will be part of the resurrection of life and will exist and dwell in heaven forever and ever. But those who have rejected Christ will be judged and sent away to the place of destruction, a place that the Bible calls hell. Again, every single person... It's going to exist forever and ever and ever. You have a soul. Your body is temporary, but your soul is going to live forever. It's going to, excuse me, it's going to exist forever somewhere. Where's that going to be? That's the choice that you make. In the New Testament, the Bible tells us every knee will bow and confess that Jesus is Lord. Here's the deal. Uh, some are going to bow to him as their Lord and to, uh, to their joy and, and knowing that they're entering into the kingdom of heaven. But everybody else is going to bow to him uh, to their own condemnation. Not to their joy, but to their eternal misery. And as Daniel says here, and as Jesus said in John chapter 5, to their condemnation. I, I, I quote things like this, and some people say, oh, that's just foolishness. Uh, this hall's privacy, the prophecy is foolishness. Talk about heaven and hell. All of this stuff is just foolishness. What a waste of time. In fact, here's the deal. If there is a hell, I want to go there because my friends are going to be there. And people say that. They have no idea what it's going to be. They think it's just going to be a great big party down there. It is not going to be a party down there. You're separated from everything you love, from everything that is good, every bit of laughter that's ever existed, it, 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 to a place of absolute misery forever and ever and ever and ever. You're not going to be with your friends. You're going to be in this complete darkness. It's going to be a horrible thing. You're not going to be surfing on the lake of fire. You're not going to be drinking with your buddies. You're not going to be doing any of those things. It would be wise, listen, if you doubt me on this, then here's a challenge. It would be wise to know what the Bible actually teaches when it comes to the subject of hell. Because if it is true, and if Jesus can be trusted, then everyone will exist in eternity somewhere. So with that, where will you exist? Is Jesus a liar? Or is Jesus telling the truth? The question is, where will you exist? Listen, we have an appointment with death. Hebrews chapter 9 says, It's appointed for men to die once, and after this, the judgment. All will stand before Christ. Some will be found innocent because they've trusted in His righteousness. Others will be found guilty. But it is an appointment. 
It's appointed to men to die once after that judgment. It's an appointment. Everybody has an appointment. And you can't get out of this appointment. If you, listen, you, you, you can't go to hell and, uh, and check out because you don't like the accommodation. Say, I don't like this place. It ain't going to work that way. What does the Bible say? Isaiah chapter 14 says, A hell from beneath is excited about you. To meet you at your coming, it stirs up the dead for you. The maggot is spread under you, and worms cover you. I believe that's speaking specifically about the devil and Satan himself. Hell is excited about Satan getting him down there. It's going to be totally destructive for him. That's why he doesn't want to go there. That's why he wants to eliminate the Jews. He doesn't want Jesus to come back. He doesn't want to be judged. Listen, if Satan doesn't want to go there, shouldn't that trigger you to think, hmm, if Satan doesn't want to go there, I don't want to go there. That's right. It's not going to be good. Hell is a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's torment in a lake of fire. It is never ending. Um, it's, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 13. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. Look, you can look up all these things yourself, and you can even find more. But again, if Satan doesn't want to go there, don't you think that should be a cause for you to think, maybe I don't want to go there, but so many people are being deceived by the devil and be deceived by the things that are going on in this world. Okay, very last thing. We're just about done here. We've had bad news. We've had good news. We've had really bad news. And right now we get number four, really good news. We get to end with some really good news. Look at this, verse 3. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and to those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. By the way, verse 4 we will get into next time, where Daniel's told to shut up and seal the words of this book. Many will run to and fro, and knowledge will increase. That's next time. But right now is just verse 3. Here, are you wise? Listen, wisdom comes from God. Fools despise it, but the wise seek it out. Again, what does verse 3 say? Let those who are wise, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. Uh, that is so cool. Um, these are those who lead people to Christ. And it continues, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Uh, think of it like this. If you know Christ, you're going to go to heaven. Did you know the only thing you can take with you, the only thing of this world that you can take with you is people. Did you know that? You can't take your money. Listen, you can store your treasure in heaven by, by tithing, uh, donating, by serving, by loving other people, by being a blessing to those in need. You can even earn rewards by taking over groceries to, a, to somebody who needs it or cooking a meal for somebody who needs it. Uh, you can get rewards for all types of things that God stores for us in heaven when we get there. But the only thing you can take with you is people. How? By sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. That's what Daniel is talking about. They're going to shine like the firmament, like the stars. These people who proclaim, look at this, what happens? Those who turn many to righteousness. Take as many people with you can, especially as we see the day approaching. Isaiah chapter 52 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him 
who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation. This is true uh, for us today that it is wise to lead others uh, to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is speaking of, I want you to think of this folks, this is specific to, uh, when you start looking at it, to the tribulation period, when people are leading people to Jesus during the tribulation period. I want you to think of that. In a day when we have cancel culture, in a day when we have like the article I read at the beginning, the ministry of truth, which really is going to take everything that you say in the Bible, say, no, that's all lies. You can't have the Bible anymore. You need to go along with the propaganda and the narrative of this, this new regime that we have going on in this world. Uh, and even in America, ministry of truth, that should be alarming what's taking place in America right now. Because what happens in America is going to affect the whole world. But you look, you go, okay, you can start to see it's going to be difficult to preach the gospel here soon. In many other countries, people pay for their, their they, they risk their own life. People watch this program and want to say hi to you who are ever watching throughout the whole world. Because there's many people that watch this program that live in areas where there's great persecution and great suffering. There's people in China, there's people in the Mideast, there's people in Islamic territories, there's people in Africa, and they watch this program and I want to say hi to you because especially, and uh, may we never forget to pray for you because you face the threat of death for preaching the gospel. Things are starting to turn in America. Things are starting to turn in the Western world. It's not looking good. It looks like it's only going to be a matter of time. And I know it's only going to be a matter of time. The day is coming. This curtain is going to close on the gospel being freely given like it is now. It's giving a lot more difficult. Um, but you, you, it's going to close more and more and more. And then that door is going to be shut. And we will be threatened with jail. We will be threatened with torture. We will be threatened with murder for proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what does this say here? Speaking of those during the tribulation, those are, these are people who come to faith in Jesus during the tribulation period, and they're telling others about Jesus. This is awesome. Like the brightness of the firmament, they shall shine. They are wise, those who turn many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. May we continue to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I know things are difficult while you're here on this earth right now. For many of you that are watching, the whole world has changed. Some live in areas where you're, you're threatened, uh, your life is threatened if you preach Christ. Others were seeing everything squeezed, just as I mentioned. Um, and there's all kinds of different trials that are going on. Be encouraged and do what you can. Listen, listen, the only thing you can take with you into heaven is people. With that, keep this final thing in mind. God will never allow his people to go unrewarded for the little tiny things you do in his name and the bigger things that you do in his name. Let's press forward in the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. And if pressure increases in your life, remember, this isn't the end. Listen, one day, I believe soon, we're going to pass through that door of heaven and we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. So hang in there, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. God bless you guys. I can't wait to see you next Sunday, four o'clock. It's going to be fantastic as we continue in the book of Daniel. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. 
If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.